Welcome to the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, registered dietitian and weight loss BFF, Lauren Hubert. Growing up as a woman, I was told that you can't care about your looks, wear whatever you want, and be successful. But honey, let me give it to you real. You can have it all. I believe women can embody strength, sexuality, and power all at the same time. And in fact, I know the harder you feel, the more successful you will be. Each week, we are changing the narrative that women can be hot and successful at the same damn time and do it in a healthy way. What is going on, Sexy Fit Babes? Happy Thursday. It is, of course, TSN Podcast Thursday over here, which means one thing and one thing only, another hard-hitting, juicy, dramatic episode, all things nutrition, coming at you live. This week is a little bit of a solo situation because I wanted to focus on some of the really, really crazy nutrition pieces of advice that you guys have gotten from personal trainers, even other nutritionists out there. And I totally know so many of you that commented on a reel I posted last week um, where I asked you guys what has been like really crazy advice that you've gotten from a personal trainer. And the responses I got were not surprising, unfortunately, but truly blew me away because there were so many different pieces of information as I was reading through trying to choose a winner for the $15 Starbucks gift card that I gave away. And I was just like, holy shit, like I could talk about each one of these topics in an entire podcast episode. So knowing that there are women out there that may still believe a lot of these things and may wonder if what their personal trainer or someone out there, their friend Susie, who's doing a diet, some random nutritionist on the internet, you guys don't know who to trust. So as a dietitian, I was like, okay, let's do an entire podcast episode on all of this crazy shit, but I don't just want to be sassy. I want to approach this with logic with science, with compassion, and with power. So you guys can regain control of your weight and regain control of your journey without being just pinned in a corner, told what to do with your diet, without an understanding of why you're doing what you're doing. Like I always say, knowledge is power. So you need to understand what changes you're making to your diet and why you're making them If you're doing something and you don't just want to blindly follow advice, you have to understand why. And we can't just believe a trainer because he or she said, oh, it's based on science, right? We have to really understand the human body. And at the end of the day, that's my job to make science simple and sexy for you guys. So let's dive in. Okay, so the structure of this episode, but truthfully, like all of my solo episodes, is I want a real talk combo. Like I'm on my story, but it's for an extended period of time on my podcast. So that is the vibe today. Um, so I'm actually going to be going through. Just honestly, I have my comment section up right now on that post. We're going to go rapid fire through these comments and really just dive into these comments what's wrong with them, and what you need to understand about them so you don't make a dieting mistake and potentially sabotage your weight loss, go down the wrong path, or honestly not even see results. Because the truth is some of these tips do not guarantee results. Okay, the first comment that we are diving into today is from a fit babe who said, why does every trainer I know tell me to eat plain Greek yogurt and sweet potatoes? Let's be real. Plain Greek yogurt is nasty for this babe. And she says sweet potato is just not a satisfying carb to her. 
Well, real talk, I do love those foods, but this brings up a really important point for you guys. And I think when we're actually taking a step back and thinking about this situation and why I think it's so polarizing that personal trainers give out so much diet advice, some personal trainers do know a lot about nutrition, but unfortunately, some personal trainers should not be talking about nutrition at all. And I'm going to come out and say that very bluntly. As a dietitian, I know my scope of practice. I know my expertise. I am a board certified dietitian who understands my expertise, and especially in the weight loss world. That is my niche. That is my specialty. That is where I have the most experience in when it comes to relationship to food and when it comes to how to improve your body composition. I know that I am not an expert in oncology nutrition for someone who is going through chemotherapy. I've experienced in these areas, but I know my expertise. When it comes to personal trainers, they're not educated in the same way as a dietitian is or as someone who has studied nutrition at a very high level. And I will say there are some personal trainers who do know a lot about nutrition. And I will say those personal trainers are going to understand the concept that I'm about to share with you guys. And it's the fact that when you are counseling, any single person out there, and this is what makes TSM so easy and fun for my clients, you have to think about what foods you enjoy as you're planning your weight loss diet. Telling people, and I said this on my story last week, telling people just to eat certain foods is wildly not helpful. You know, at the same time, I do understand it is important to get certain nutrients in your diet. I mean, let's be real. I talk about eating protein consistently and I give you guys examples, but saying that you have to eat chicken, broccoli, rice, or like this babe, Greek yogurt and sweet potatoes to be healthy, to lose weight. That is not how you effectively work with someone to achieve their goals. That's like telling someone, Hey, you should do push-ups to be healthy, but guess what? You might not know that person has a shoulder injury, or that's like saying, Hey girlfriend, if, if you want to get fit, you have to do squats. Well, that's not taking into account. Okay. What's this person's mobility look like? Can they do a squat? Have they hurt their knee? How old are they? And I use those examples because you understand when you move your body, your limitations, but when it comes to food, I think it's so tough because yes, sometimes people may not know how to make healthy eating taste good because you're eating plain Greek yogurt and sweet potato, plain AF, right? Those foods are meant to have flavor and be paired with other things and be incorporated into meals. That's how I eat those foods. When I eat Greek yogurt, I put almond butter inside of it with tons of berries on top. Sometimes I put cinnamon in it. Um, sometimes you do a flavored peanut butter or almond butter situation, honey, agave, like that's how we add some flavor and fun to it. But girl, like I do not eat Greek yogurt plain. You can if that floats your boat, but I need a little bit of sustenance in there personally. And I bring this up because this advice is not bad in the sense of these are healthy foods, but this is bad advice for this specific woman because one, it doesn't explain how you're going to lose weight. Two, it doesn't support you on your journey if you hate these foods. And three, it sets an expectation that you have to eat these foods to see results. When at the end of the day, there's no one magical food or set of foods that you have to eat. We have to reverse engineer our success. We need to take how you eat now and then from there, make small tweaks and know that, yeah, there are certain nutrition principles and what I call 
non-negotiables for fat loss that you may have to hit. I mean, as a dietitian, how I coach and counsel is blending the science of nutrition with what actually my client is doing and knowing that, yeah, you know, we want to hit certain amounts of protein to get vitamins and minerals in our diet, but without overcomplicating this guys, you can't just blindly eat food just because someone told you to, you have to think about, okay, what do we like? Because at the end of the day, you could follow a diet that emphasizes a shit ton of Greek yogurt and sweet potatoes. But if you don't like those foods, girlfriend, you're not going to stick to the plan. Which brings me to my next juicy point, or should I say soupy point? And guys, that was such a bad dad joke. I literally probably should omit this from the podcast and tell my editors. Um, but real talk, okay, the, the next comment that actually did get a lot of likes, um, which I, I know it's juicy if you know you guys like it and look at my comment section. Um, this babe said that a trainer had told her to have soup as dinner three to four times a week with no protein, just veggies to be in a deficit. I mean, holy fucking shit, hot damn. I have no words. I feel like I need a ton of F words said 5 million times for this comment because there's a lot to unpack here. First things first, we talked about it in my last little segment, right? But just eating a certain type of food because you're told to is not helpful when we're planning your weight loss diet. We need to think about what foods you enjoy. Now, if you like soup, Why I do not like this piece of advice is because it's just emphasizing a calorie deficit and it's not emphasizing the what you eat. So at TSN, I have my three-step framework that I teach you guys, right? The first step is we have to be in a deficit. We like to say eating less than what you burn. And at TSN, that means starting off 300 to 500, less than what you burn for your maintenance calories. And that is going to create a range of calories for weight loss. Now, knowing that this piece of advice and statement does indicate that, yes, you could potentially lose weight if you're in a deficit. But having soup with basically, I'm assuming, broth, I'm not sure what type of, um, is it chicken broth? Is it like a cream-based situation, right? Very different nutrition profile, of course. But say it's just broth with veggies, right? That is not a balanced meal. And I actually said this to a client recently, and I think it's going to resonate with you guys. If you are served, sometimes what you eat at home, but if you were served that at a restaurant, what would you say about that restaurant? What would be that Yelp review you leave? And real talk, if I was ever just served soup and veggies as a fucking meal in a restaurant, I think I would lose my shit. It would be a horrible review. And actually, I do not write horrible reviews, but I feel like that's like a ridiculous, <laughs> a ridiculous meal. I would not go back there, right? And you guys wouldn't either. That is not going to keep you full. That's going to fill you up with fluids, right? And you're probably going to have a really awesome hydration for the day. And I'm glad you're getting in veggies, right? But if you consistently have meals that don't have starches and carbohydrates, and especially don't have protein, you're just prioritizing a very low calorie situation with broth and veggies, that is not a nutritionally balanced meal. It's not going to keep you full and satisfied. And it's going to lead you, yeah, probably in a really big calorie deficit, but there's a couple things that are going to happen. You may really, really stick to that for a long period of time, trying to do this, okay, three to four times a week. I'm just going to cut out a meal and I'm going to do soup and the broth, right? If the rest of your day you're getting in protein and starch, right? You might be in a good place, but chances are, if you're really desperate losing weight and you're getting this advice, chances are you probably aren't eating balanced meals to begin with. And then you're doing this situation. 
And what happens here is you're not going to get enough protein. So if you really stick to this for a long time and you're really in a deficit, you're, you're losing weight, you're going to eventually lead to something called what we call skinny fat or what a lot of my clients honestly call skinny fat because that's not a scientific word. Um, and that's because you're not getting enough protein. And that's why weight loss is not the same as fat loss and body composition change. You can lose weight and lose fat at the same time, but to really target fat loss and not just losing a shit ton of weight and losing a ton of muscle, we want to make sure our diet is nutritionally balanced. Um, another thing that's going to happen with this that I think is more likely than the skinny fat situation and losing a lot of muscle mass is you doing this, but not being able to stick to it. So you getting so hungry and then it leading to bitching. I would say probably 80 to 90% of my clients would respond in that way. Um, I know the old Lauren back freshman year of college, um, when I was trying to lose weight, I probably would have been the hardcore no matter what, let's do it, but it will catch up to you. And that led to my overeating struggles that I know I talked about at length on some of my previous podcast episodes on how I gained 20 pounds and then subsequently lost 20 well, more than 20 pounds. Um, so it, it's a difficult topic, guys. And no one food is going to determine weight loss. Um, I think it's really awesome to prioritize veggies and fiber. And you know, soup is a really fantastic option. But when we're thinking about it as a meal replacement, um, it, it needs to be nutritionally balanced. And we want to follow that balanced plate that I know we talk about all over TSM, which is carbs, proteins, and veggies. I know soup, you're like, well, where does broth fit in? Broth is usually very, very low in calories unless you're having a cream-based broth. Uh, but that's why reading Nutrition Facts later and understanding your food alongside calorie tracking can really help you understand your diet and how to fit in something like soup. But let's be real, a big bowl of soup with broth and veggies is probably like 100, maybe 150 calories if I'm being generous, depending on how many veggies you're adding in there. So we maybe want to add some orzo or some rice and noodles or chicken for some protein in there. You could add beans. You could do a lot of my clients love chili. Like we want more bulked up soups that are actually going to satisfy you for a longer period of time. Okay, the next comment is actually a really good one because I talked about this recently on a coaching call um, with a few babes and it's a juicy one because this babe says, oh, I've been told if I want something sweet to brush my teeth. And then another nutritionist told me that if I'd love myself, I'd lose the weight. And this babe literally commented at the end, um, WTF. And that is really what I'm thinking as well. So the first thing I want to say is when it comes to appetite and suppressing your appetite, I feel like there's this really big push in the weight loss space and not coming from me, not coming from any smart dietitian, not trying to call myself that, but any of my colleagues, I would really hope would never promote this. Our appetite is not the problem. Our appetite is so villainized when in reality, our appetite is a sign that we are hungry or maybe we're not fueling our body right. Hunger is also a 150% normal physiological function. And they said this to the babes on the call. When you have to pee, you feel that you have to urinate and you go to the bathroom and you solve that situation, right? When you are hungry, we think, how are we going to suppress our appetite? How can we make it go away? It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Hunger is not a bad thing, even when you're trying to lose weight. It's a normal sign. And we don't want to try to mess up our hunger by avoiding it, by not honoring it, and by taking, God forbid, things that are going to suppress our appetite tremendously. That's why I'm very against any sort of appetite suppressant. I've never used those with my clients. Um, so when it comes to brushing your teeth in that recommendation, I think there are definitely times when you know you might be snacky, 
you've hit your calories for the day, you're satisfied and you're like, you know what? I always have the habit and sometimes it could even be a craving and I just consistently as a habit, I go for the Yasso bar or the ice cream or the chips or the Oreos or whatever it could be late at night. And it's after dinner, it's after maybe you've already had a snack and you're like, I wanna break that habit. I can understand wanting to brush your teeth, begin your bedtime routine, drink some water, go to bed, right? That is not disordered. But when you make a blanket statement, like every time you want something sweet, especially late in the night, just brush your teeth. That's not solving the problem because truth is we need to find a balance with you having sweets because you just avoiding them and doing it so tremendously, oftentimes for my clients, is just going to lead to you overeating it the next time you have it or, you know, really cultivating this such a big craving that you lose your shit over it. So what I'm trying to say is brushing your teeth does not solve the fact that you're having this craving. And I think even more ladies, when you think about cravings, I always ask the question, why are you having it? And that's where we can do that investigative work. I joke, I'm like a a private detective with my clients. We can do some investigative work on why you guys are having cravings. Cravings are normal, especially during the time of your month. I love something sweet when I'm on my cycle. But guess what, ladies? Cravings can also be an indication that you are not eating balanced throughout the day. Cravings can occur because of emotional responses and a stress response because you are avoiding something in your life or you are going through a really chaotic time or work is really nuts and food is comfort for you. So the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But what I'm trying to say is if you have a sweet craving, I don't want you to just go and say, I'm going to brush my teeth and never think about it and I'm not going to have the food. We need to understand and work with our body instead of just trying to find solutions that replace the the foods and wants that we, we want in our diet. It's not a sustainable solution and honestly, I think can lead to worse outcomes for many women who do struggle with their weight. The other statement we need a little moment about is this nutritionist telling this babe that if I loved myself, I would lose the weight. And I don't even know where to start with this. Truthfully, I'm having a hard time because when I think about the women that are listening to this episode right now, as you are listening to this show, ladies, I have so many clients that love themselves. I know so many of you out there love yourself. And I do think fueling your body and prioritizing yourself, investing in yourself, understanding you need more support to get to your goals and getting the support you deserve and carving out that time in your schedule to step away from work or step away from the craziness of life and do something for yourself. Women need more of that. Moms need more of that, especially working moms. I know young women need more of that in the workforce who are just giving it all to be successful. And once again, the list goes on. But if you love yourself, that doesn't necessarily guarantee weight loss. I think it's a journey of loving yourself. And I think sometimes it's hard to love yourself when you have never fueled your body right. You've been stuck in this quote unquote diet culture, fad diet train for what feels like a lifetime. Um, Or maybe you've just never been satisfied with the way that you look. So you just kind of have this goal of, you almost have this goal in your head of what you think you want to look like and you work so hard towards it, but it's really hard and it becomes more discouraging as the time goes on. And saying that if you loved yourself, you would lose the weight, I think is so harmful for the real both mental and physical work that women have to do to achieve the hot girl healthy aesthetic that they're going for. 
you are going to learn to love yourself on this journey when you go about weight loss the right way. But saying that if you loved yourself, you would be skinny or thinner or a certain weight is really harmful because it also says that you shouldn't love yourself right now. And something I am so bluntly honest about with every single woman, especially on social media, is regardless of your weight, you need to fucking love yourself. At my lowest weight, I didn't love myself as much as I do now. And your weight is going to ebb and flow and change throughout life, especially if one day you guys want children and you are going to have to deal with weight gain once again. And I share this with you because I want you guys to achieve your goals. I know weight loss is the priority if you guys are here and you're listening to this podcast and you're hoping to lose weight, but you have to start finding that confidence within you as you are going through your journey. So this becomes a lifelong fit girl journey. You want to be fit for life. I always say that for you guys. And this fit for life journey is falling in love with yourself, finding that inner voice and confidence within you. And that is how you're going to start loving yourself and be thankful for your body and where you're at. And it's, it's going to be transforming your weight loss journey into hating yourself into losing weight to I love myself and that's why I'm prioritizing the self-care. But these topics are so complex. And so that statement, ooh, girl, I agree with you. I hated it. If you loved, if I loved myself, I'd lose weight. That statement is so in the past and we need to keep it there because it is so cringe and I just totally don't agree with it. Okay, so this last one, ladies, is almost every comment compiled into one. So one of the fit babes commented that a trainer had told her about the no diet to avoid dairy, carbs, red meat, nuts, sugar, processed foods, alcohol, and coffee. So no to all of those foods. And she's like, this is pretty much a sad state of time. Not much left after those no's except a major binge. And I think it's such a red flag when you have so many no's in your diet plan. And I talked about it on my Instagram story, but ladies, it is such a red flag when you're being told no, 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 in terms of what to avoid in your diet. And we're not having a conversation about what you should be having. And I think with that comment, whether it's carbs like fruit, whether it's don't eat bread or anything that has sugar in it or ice cream and sweets, um, don't eat banana, don't eat dairy. I mean, the list goes on. There's so many different things that you guys commented on. No, right. I think the biggest culprits are anything related to carbs and anything that are related to sugar, just because keto is such a craze currently. However, I think this no diet is a perfect example of the fact that if you are constantly focusing on what to cut out of your diet, you don't have the energy and space and focus to focus on what you should be having. So instead of focusing on what you shouldn't be having, what if you focus on what you need more of in your diet? And I talked about this on my story, but I want to repeat it for you guys because it is so important. We need to think about that balance plate, but most importantly, the nutrients that we know that are going to help you stay full boost your metabolism and feel nourished on your journey. We have to nourish our body for weight loss. And we have this whole big list of no's. You're also going to have a ton of anxiety about what you can eat. It's going to be impossible to go out to eat. Nevertheless, try to eat at home. So when you're thinking about food, that's why the balance plate is so critical. You're thinking of carbs, proteins, and veggies. Every meal, we're trying to have a balance plate with carbs, proteins, and veggies. For those carbohydrate sources, whole grains are fabulous alongside fruit. And then we have a whole section for veggies, but veggies are a carbohydrate as well. Um, a little different carbohydrate, but there's more starchy, starchy vegetables and the whole grains, beans, legumes, and fruit are really in that carb starch section of your plate. 
Those are really important because they have fiber. And when you're eating carbs and choosing the right types of carbs, they can help you literally boost your metabolism and improve your gut health, which by the way, we have a really cool episode coming out on gut health about two in a hot minute. So I'm very excited about it. But with all of this in mind, ladies, when you're fueling your body right with those carbohydrates, you're actually going to get more fiber. It's going to keep you fuller for a longer amount of time. It takes more energy to break down because we lack the enzymes to break down fiber. So that's why it's so important on your plate. Um, so avoiding carbs, even the fun carbs that can fit into your calorie budget once again. But the more we emphasize these really nourishing carbs, um, the better it's going to be for our diet because calories are not created equal. The next thing we want to think about is protein. So there are various different types of protein sources. However, when you track your calories, you're going to begin to understand, okay, what amount of proteins provide how much grams of protein in them. Now we try to aim for 20 grams of protein at TSN. Um, however, the more we can get them through slightly lower fat sources of protein, it can oftentimes be easier to hit our calories at times, but it's not a requirement. I have fun proteins like the more processed meats and that are higher in sodium occasionally. Um, I try to choose them smart. Um, you know, I love a burger every once in a while. Like these are things that can fit when you understand your calorie budget. Things like chicken breast and turkey breast, you know, I cook with those often. Um, even chicken thighs and tofu as a plant-based protein source and soy and like edamame type things. Um, especially things like fish, like these are really awesome nourishing protein sources to have alongside maybe the more fun ones. And last but not least, veggies. Um, I think it's crazy that some trainers even like recommend only certain veggies, um, which is definitely a theme, but we want to have all veggies. The more color on your plate, the better. I always tell my clients, step back as you're tracking your food, right? You may be hitting the calories, the macros, this or that, but like, what does the color of your plate look like? And that's a really important thing to, to look at when we're thinking about the quality of your diet, because uh, those vitamins and minerals do different things for your body. So at the end of the day, if your diet's so focused on what to cut out, you're kind of forgetting about, okay, what what do we need for our health and body and hot girl goals in our diet that help us with our weight loss goal? Protein and fiber is going to keep you full. The colors of the rainbow have so many different functions in your body. And then from there, when you have a really great foundation of a diet, you're going to be able to sprinkle in the fun more strategically because you're not just eating fun foods and foods that lack color and balance and fiber and protein every meal you're going to feel different. It's going to impact your hunger hormones and how you feel throughout the day. And it's going to impact your food choices. So while you may obsess over, okay, cutting this out, I want to really just emphasize to you guys, it's, it's less about you need to cut out having ice cream every day and more about, okay, if I'm going for that and spending my calorie money on that, how is that impacted by what I'm eating during the day? And how would your diet change when you focus more on addition of the foods you need more of in your plan as opposed to restriction? Yeah.